Welcome to the Pad the Stats podcast, your destination for everything fantasy football and where fantasy title hopes come true. And now your host, James Swanson. All right, everybody, back again. And the big news today, Andrew Luck is good to go, says the Colts coaching staff. Looks like he's not going to have any restrictions heading into training camp this season. That's great news for the Colts. That's great news for T.Y. Hilton. Great news all around in Indy. But first off, I have to introduce my two good buddies here today with me. We're broadcasting live. Well, not really live. We're we're still recording this, but we're in the Embassy Suites downtown Pittsburgh with Pat Cotter again and making his second appearance. It's been a little bit. The newly married man, Haas. Corey, how you doing, buddy? It's good to have you back on the podcast. Doing good. Yeah, I feel like a completely new guy, you know, married. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, glad to be on. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. Did you get cold feet at all? No, no. Everybody was asking me, actually, if I was getting nervous. But, uh, you know, we've lived together for quite a while. Um, but yeah, no, not nervous whatsoever. Kind of glad to get the formality out of the way, uh, get back to normal, normal life. Yeah, sweet, man. Well, so Haas is back home recording from his house. Pat's in the other room here. I'm out in the, you know, the main living area in our hotel room. Uh, Pat flew in from Missouri for the weekend. He's got some interviews for veterinary school. Pat's a veterinarian and he's finishing up his program here soon. So congrats, Pat. Hopefully one of these work out for you, buddy. Yeah, man. I'm pumped to be back. You know, we had some interviews for vet school. Hopefully I land one of these jobs. Um, yeah, ready to be get moving back here to Pittsburgh. Hopefully we can do this more often. You know, Pod, just got to figure out, works out some of the kinks in the system, but I'm excited to be here. Yeah, for sure. It'll be nice if we can get in the same room more often. It makes it a lot easier. Well, we're not really in the same room right now, just because we were, we were picking up a lot of background sound. Um, it's not bad now, it, or at least it shouldn't be. So we're working through the audio that we're given today. Um but, but yeah, so I, I do want to jump into the league news and notes to get us started. But as you know, so today's podcast, we're going to talk about our mock draft that we just completed the other day. Um, guys, where did where did you pick from? Haas, what position did you have I had, uh, in I the had, mock draft? I had the 10 spot. Um, okay. So, yeah. So Haas had the 10 spot. I had the 8 spot. And Pat had the which one? I had 12. I, had 12. I was in the back. It was a 12 out of 12. You were in the back. That's right. So we did a 12-man full point PPR mock draft, uh, one quarterback, two running backs, two receivers, tight end flex. And we, we just didn't even bother with uh, kicker or defense, but we were talking off the air and I wanted to bring this up to our, for our listeners, Di- a little dynasty talk, dynasty format, I should say. And Haas, you said that your new league or the league that you were already in, you guys turned it into a dynasty league. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, completely stole your idea um i listened to one pat pod before i jumped on with you the first time and uh i love the idea um i told you on the first part i like doing separate like i do i'm in three different leagues but we do different settings and if he didn't my main guy who wants to run who runs the main league phil uh if he didn't want to do it i was going to start a new league and just do the dynasty i love the concept um i just love the idea of doing it Instead of just doing one keeper, you know, you keep basically your whole team. Not whole team, but I think, what do you keep, 13? Is that right? So, yeah. So what we did was we we start with our dynasty startup draft, which is 24 players you pick. 
and then before the start of the season, you have to cut down to Pat. What was it? Nineteen. You cut five guys. Yeah, cut five guys. Five. So we, we what we did was we went to nineteen guys, and then throughout the season, you have or at the end of the season, you have to cut an additional three down to sixteen, and then you draft. We have eight rounds of a rookie draft next April or May. Right. Yeah. Love the idea so. of keeping. Yeah. Keep sixteen guys, uh, and then you have eight players to draft in the rookie in the rookie draft. Um, but I think it's just a great idea. I love. I always want to do a dynasty league and football. Uh, I'm excited for it. I just can't wait. But yeah, kudos to you. What up? Yeah. Thanks. What platform are you guys on? Uh, Yahoo. Which I don't know okay. if we can do it on Yahoo. Uh, never tried it, but that's how we do most of our fantasy leagues is on Yahoo. But I'm not sure. What do you guys mm-hmm. use it on? We are we do Flea Flicker. Yeah, I I don't think Yahoo. I I, I Yahoo is my favorite site for for redraft. You know, for your single season type of di- formats. But I don't think it supports a very good dynasty. I would recommend Flea Flicker. If you can, if you want to pay for it. My my fantasy league is probably the best site because it gives you a lot of customizable ability. But Flea Flicker works really well for dynasties. Right, right. Because we use uh, yeah, it CBS is great for a fantasy baseball league, and it's a, like a dynasty league. But getting used to another platform, it's just so hard. But I'll definitely look at Flea Flicker for sure. Yeah, um, Flea Flicker's nice. It it has a fairly you know good looking modern looking interface to it. You know both for the app and for the desktop version um and it's nice because it, it allows you you know it's built right in where you can dr- trade draft picks so you can trade rookie draft picks i don't or Haas, are you guys doing that too you are you able to trade rookie draft picks no no we haven't even put it together yet but uh really need to oh, look okay. into that here soon yeah nice Coming up. yeah i i would suggest yeah, I know. because uh, that just makes it more fun when you're when you're able to trade like future draft picks um right it takes some time getting used to it and kind of learning the value of what rookie draft picks are. A couple, I think a couple of guys in our league, Pat, have begun to overvalue draft picks a little bit, and it's it's definitely obvious. But yeah, I think people, I think people will get get the hang of it after a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. What did uh, didn't Steve trade away a first round rookie draft? He traded T. Y. Hilton for a single first round draft pick. And I thought that was way undervalued for T Y Hilton. So I think he actually undervalued, uh, the, the value of a rookie draft pick, you know? Yeah. Or yeah. he's it's, over, I guess maybe overvaluing it, but right. I thought Jake got a steal with, uh, getting T Y Hilton for just a single first round pick. I would agree. I think so too. Um, all right guys, well look, let's get into league news and notes. So we know the big news, like I mentioned at the top of the show, Andrew Luck is, Back, well, he's not back yet. He's going to take seven straight days off of throwing, but he's going to be ready for training camp when the Colts report. I don't know if they've actually reported yet. A couple teams have. The Bears have reported to camp. Pat, who else? There was another team a couple days ago that reported the Ravens. Yeah, I think they're at camp. Um, so, guys, I, Pat, Pat, I don't know how much you have moved around your quarterback rankings lately. If you've touched them at all, are you going to move Andrew Luck up your board or is he, do you have him at a pretty good spot right now? For me, this is already kind of baked in type of thing. I'm expecting him to come back. I'm not going to, I don't want to right now. My rankings are basically with the assumption that he is coming back until I hear bad news. I'm just going to keep him where he's at. He might start rising. I guess I have him right now at 10. Maybe I'll move him up, up to, 
above Kirk Cousins now that I'm hearing he's doing well. But it's one of those things that I'm just going to keep waiting until I actually see him on the field, see if he's actually out there during any of the preseason games throwing, and he doesn't look like he has a candy arm. So I'm going to wait until I see that before I really make anything. My real strategy with uh, off-season news is I really don't listen to the to the stuff that says, oh, that he's doing, he looks good or he's playing well. Uh, the only thing I ever really pay attention to is anything that I hear negative about players. So mm-hmm. anything that good that comes out about luck, I'm not going to really take stock into until I actually see it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, what do you do with T.Y. Hilton if Andrew Luck looks like he's good and the arm strength is back to what it was? Do you move uh, him t- up at all or? T.Y. Hilton for me right now has that baked-in value, uh, at least in my wide receiver rankings. Um, I guess I'm kind of hypocrite there, kind of have luck lower. T.Y. Hilton where I think he would be if luck would be healthy. Right now has the wide receiver nine. Um, I think that's where he would be for me if um, Andrew Luck was healthy. Maybe potentially move him above A.J. Green, but I don't see my uh, – that's going to be a hard one for me. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have T.Y. Hilton above Mike Evans right now and below A.J. Green. Yeah. Okay. He's in my top 10 too. Or I think I have him at 10 in standard. I might have him a few spots lower in PPR. Um, Marlon Mack, more Colts news here. Marlon Mack's shoulder. He's been cleared for the start of training camp. I'm going to move through these pretty quick. When I call on you guys, let's just try to keep this moving, you know, 30 second answers here and there. Um, but we do have a lot of league news and notes compared to the last couple podcasts. And then after this, I should let everybody know kind of the, the structure of the podcast today. So we are going to do Twitter polls after this. I posted a couple tw- couple Twitter polls earlier this week, and then we're going to get into our mock draft. We're going to go through all of our picks, um, at least, you know, give some more analysis on some of them, talk about, hey, comparatively to ADPs, do we like where we got these guys? What was our thinking taking this guy over this guy? Things like that, just to help you a little bit, you know, with your draft strategy, one, where do you think, where should you expect to get these guys? And two, when you get into some of these, especially in the mid rounds, when you have a tough decision, hey, look, do, do I want to take this guy? Do I want to take this guy? And here's maybe our reasoning behind some of that stuff. So back to the notes, um, a little bit of Jets news. So the Jets media is expecting to, this New Jersey advanced media excuse me, uh, expects the Jets to use a committee approach at tight end the season. I was a little bit higher on Chris Herndon, thinking that he could take that job. Probably going to stick, stay away from pretty much any Jets tight end until, I just don't expect that offense to be really that great anyway. Um, Haas, I, I want to ask you though, are you interested in having any Jets on your roster this season? Maybe Isaiah Crowell later in the rounds uh, as depth. Um, and uh, I like Robbie Anderson a lot. I know I think he had some off-the-field issues uh, this offseason. I think so. Um, but I like his downfield threat. But mostly I'm, I'm going to be sticking away from Jets. Yeah, Not a big he, fan. He did have some off-the-field issues. They seem to think all those things have cleared themselves up. And he will be a full go for the start of the season. In terms of suspension, I don't think anything has come out yet. Um, not sure if that would come out this year, next year, but yeah, I, I do, I do like Robbie Anderson too, but that offense in whole is just going to be, uh, I think a little bit like the bills is not going to be successful and looks like the Patriots have a nice, easy path to another AFC East title. Um, 
Okay, more Jets news. So uh, we, we just talked about him. Uh, Robbie Anderson, the coaching staff, is expecting him to become a more complete receiver this season. Wide receiver Darius Stewart has been suspended two games for violating the substance abuse policy. And tight end Jordan Leggett, who was a rookie last year, he'll be in his second year this year, is over the knee injury that cost him his entire rookie season. So I read the other day that they really like what Herndon's doing in terms of inline blocking. Leggett might be more of a down-the-field, you know, receiver maybe play a little bit more of a role in that game than Herndon so I I don't know I'm not interested in any of these guys but it's just I was starting to get a little bit of excited about Chris Herndon as maybe somebody that you might pick up in the waiver wire you know he has a few good weeks but uh just kind of looks like a messy situation that you're going to want to avoid anyway okay Darren Sproles guys is retiring after the 2018 season and I dug up a little bit of statistics here on Darren Sproles and I wanted to look at I was just curious about his time with the Saints because you guys remember just how good Darren Sproles was when he was with Drew Brees in New Orleans and I looked at his 2011 season this is crazy so he caught 80 or sorry he had 87 carries for 603 yards and two touchdowns doesn't sound anything crazy but that's almost seven yards per carry and he had 86 catches 710 yards and seven touchdowns so between like I mean, just the quick math here, 173 total touches. He had 1,300 yards and then another almost 1,400 total return yards. So that's just crazy to me. It's almost kind of sounds like the exact situation with uh, Alvin Kamara right now, doesn't it, guys? I mean, that it's crazy how they, they seem to turn out these types of running backs over and over. Rolls is, is a crazy – he's just a – he's a – anomaly in the in the nfl anybody that could do that would be like Tariq cohen maybe could be there but just sproles is such a small guy and but he just somehow figures out a way not to take the big hits how to be shifty and kind of you know mitigate the damage he takes he's a a once in a lifetime type player i feel like he's just been a, a gadget guy that work has worked well in almost any system yeah and the, the sure. fact that he's that small and he's still playing is just crazy to me yeah it, it is crazy. It is crazy. Well, um, he just turned 35, I think. Yeah. Is he? Is it that it? I thought he was actually so. older than that. Maybe 36. That's, but yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. It, what a what a career and that time with the Saints that that'll stick out to me. Just crazy, especially when Breeze. I think Breeze broke the single season passing yards mark that one season. That that offense was just crazy. Um, Aaron Rodgers says he would love to play until he's 40. Are you guys, I wanted to ask you guys, in a dynasty league, and now, Haas, that you're getting into dynasty leagues, would you still take Aaron Rodgers as the number one quarterback in a dynasty league? Pat, I'll let you start, and then Haas chime in after. Uh, I would because I did this year. I took him in our in our two QB league. I took him as the, uh, the I had the first pick in our league in a 10-team, and I took him at, at the end of the second, which I thought was a complete steal. I would take him. I would even consider him early in the second. He's that he's that talented. And if he wants to play to his forty, that sounds fantastic to me because he's going to be a stud for years to come. Right, and he, we still we see quarterbacks still playing to a very high level that late in their career. I mean, Tom Brady is one example. Now, Tom Brady's a somewhat of an outlier because he just keeps going and never stops. And but I mean, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is so talented. 
I don't know, Haas, in a dynasty league, do you consider him as the number one quarterback or are you buying maybe the Deshaun Watson hype or, I don't know, maybe maybe somebody else? I'm 100% with Pat. Uh, I take Aaron Rodgers all day. Uh, I believe he's 34 years old. So, yeah, yep. if he can get me to – if he wants to play till 40, that's great. Even if he called it quits at 38, give me four good years. I mean, that's four fantasy seasons. I mean, come on. We're not thinking – I mean, Deshaun's what, 23, 24, maybe? Um, give me four solid years and I'll be happy. I mean, he's a stud. He, I think he's he's the best quarterback I've seen in my lifetime. Um, and Carson Wentz would be a, a, a number two for me. Not Deshaun, it'd be Carson Wentz would be my, my number two guy. Okay, yeah. I think I actually have Wentz too as well in Dynasty format. So I'm, 100% I'm right, agree. I'm, I'm right with you on that. And Pat and I were talking the other day not to get too far off track here, but we were talking about we felt like we were the only we were the guys that were high on Wentz and we couldn't figure it out. His ADP was lower, right, Pat? I think it was like Yeah, I think he's the sixth quarterback going right now, which just blows my mind. Yeah. Even coming off the knee injury and we're we're not sure. That's actually another bit of league news notes and, and I'll parlay this talk into this news is the fact that Carson Wentz might not be ready for week one. So in that case, look, if by the first couple preseason games he still isn't ready um, I mean, you really got to start thinking about, uh, you know, another option. I mean, Nick Foles would be the person to get the job. Wouldn't it guys, wouldn't it be absolutely nuts if Nick Foles came in, played say two games threw eight touchdowns, one pick. And well, I mean, how I, I get it. Like Carson Wentz is a really good talent, but how would you be able to take Nick Foles off the field after he just won a Super Bowl MVP and he throws, you know, I'm just putting that scenario out there. He throws like eight touchdowns to one or two picks and plays exceptional, and they start 2-0. and Wouldn't that be interesting? That would be a very crazy situation. It'd be tough. I still think he could get moved um, come come training camp and everything. Wentz? Uh, you, mean, think, you mean Foles or Wentz? Foles. I don't, Wentz isn't going anywhere. He's yeah, yeah Wentz. I mean, I'm sorry. i got to clarify. But, yeah, I think there's a good chance Foles could still be moved in minicamp. An injury happens here, uh, and a team wants it, thinks they can compete. Uh, I think he could get moved for sure. Yeah, that's interesting. We'll see if Wentz is ready. Just keep an eye on that situation because, like I said, I I'm starting to feel not so great about his chances to, you know, especially play in preseason games, but really be ready for Week One of the regular season. Uh, Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers have not reached an agreement on a long-term deal. We know that we've known that for a few days now, but I want to ask you guys, I posted a trivia question on Twitter the other day, a Twitter poll, and I wanted to know what the public thought about where they think Le'Veon Bell would end up next season. And I, I left the, I left an obvious answer off of there and I, I posted it and I was like, why the hell did I leave the Raiders off there? Cause I think they're like one of maybe the main picks. Would you guys agree with that? I would. I put the Colts, Browns, and Texans, and those are three teams with a lot of cap space. I think the Texans are actually an awesome fit. Imagine Watson and Bell together in Houston. I just think that would be a pretty good combo. That would be pretty wild. Yeah, on paper, paper it sounds like it'd be a great match. But I think the Raiders, tell me if you guys disagree, they'd probably be the team that's willing to overpay the most for Le'Veon Bell. 100%. That's what the Raiders do. They go out and get veterans, usually past their prime. So actually, Le'Veon would be a decent, a decent acquisition for what they usually do. But yeah, it'd be 
that's what they do. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, so the, the results were the Colts got 20% of the votes, Browns 7. Texans didn't get a vote, and other was 73%. Kind of made me feel feel pretty stupid about myself. But um, all right, more. We got some Ravens news. So guard Marshall Yonda. And again, this is kind of the first news coming from like actual training camp. And, and the news is really going to pick up here. The more, you know, the more teams report to camp and we get, we start getting training camp news. It's just going to be, it's going to be kind of crazy. So, um, but, but Marshall Yonda guard was placed on active pup. So it doesn't mean that he, they still expect him to be ready for week one. He's not on actually on the pup list for, you know, the, the start of the regular season yet. Uh, Kenneth Dixon avoided the active pup list to begin a training camp recovering from that torn meniscus last year and rookie tight end Hayden Hurst missed Friday's practice with a minor soft tissue injury did you guys see this picture of him of Hayden Hurst laying on the trainer's table with his no no I didn't I didn't I didn't so he has two huge blisters that have like ripped open not to like be disgusting but like on on the bottom of his feet like right under basically right in the balls of his of both feet like blisters that have ripped open it looks terrible like absolutely awful i can understand why he probably can't even put on cleats like probably feels awful but i don't know so i mean that that kind of stuff is you know he'll be fine but i was a little bit worried when i heard that he was already missing practice due to soft tissue injury um but you know he should be fine it's just a matter of i guess getting that healed up um you know as quickly as possible uh, more Ravens news. Jimmy Smith also avoided the active pup recovering from the torn Achilles last year. So the Ravens are getting healthier. It looks like hopefully um, than they were last year. I still think that they could possibly compete for a wild card spot this year. Um, if, you know, again, the offense is a little bit better. If, if Flacco can play a little bit better, especially with that new receiving core, Brandon cook signed a five year, $80 million extension with the Rams. We were just talking about this off the air, and um, Haas, you're a big proponent of Brandon Cooks this year, right? I am. I'm a believer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not quite as high. I have him as my 24th ranked receiver, so I see him as a low-end RB, or low-end RB2, low-end wide receiver too. Um, but, you know, the guy's talented, and he's still very young. Moving to a new offense is third his third team and he's still only I think 24 25 years old Randy Gregory was reinstated after missing the 2017 season due to substance abuse he has one sack through 14 appearances so uh, not much news there but I I did think when they drafted him he was pretty talented and could still be somebody that you know if the sacks come up might be an IDP option but uh, nothing really much to say there Cameron Meredith recovering from the knee he hopes to be ready to be cleared for training camp and Golden Tate thinks Kenny Galladay can be absolutely dominant. Are you guys buying the hype from Golden Tate on Kenny Dal- on Kenny Galladay that he can be an awesome player? I know Pat, you weren't buying that hype, right? No, no. Uh, I still think Marvin Jones is the ma- the go to man there. Maybe Kenny Galladay could take a few targets away from him, but I still Marvin Jones is just getting disrespected. I feel like he's a guy that um, he's not a sexy pick. Right now, which is crazy because he was uh, one of the top-ranked wide receivers last year. You think people be high on him, but people seem to be doubting him. Yeah. Hey, Haas, any interest in drafting Kenny Galladay or uh, Cameron Meredith as a late-round flyer this year? 
I took Kenny Galladay in the mock. Um, uh, you did, yeah. He's he he's behind Tate and Marvin Jones, so he's gonna he, he's gonna have to compete for targets, which you don't always love because fantasy football is all about opportunity. But the dude's six four, and man, he can stretch the field. I'll take a late round flyer on him any day. Uh, Meredith's come back from the injury, so I lean I lean uh, Galladay on this one. All right, uh, Randall Cobb. Coming off the ankle injury, the boot is off. He expects to be ready for training camp. Ricky Seals-Jones was arrested for assault, disorderly conduct, and criminal trespassing. I don't know if you guys heard this story. I guess, I think he was in a hotel, and then he walked into a restaurant or something, and he was trying to use, I might have some of my details mixed up here, but I know he was going in to try to use a bathroom, and he he, he one hand, like, pushed uh, an attendant or a, 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 That's what I heard. an employee, a worker, out of the way. It seems to be pretty minor, but... You know, I mean, hell, if you look at Roger Goodell wrong these days, you're going to get suspended. So, you know, it could be a one-game suspension coming. I doubt it wouldn't be this year, I wouldn't think. Um, but, I, you know, Ricky Seals-Jones was a guy that Pat and I were talking about as somebody who could be a sleeper at the tight end position, who, you know, after maybe a few games into the season, kind of like I mentioned with Chris Herndon, hey, somebody that might be a, a decent waiver wire pickup guy you could play on a good matchup on a bye week at the tight end position, because we know that the Cardinals don't have a ton of options on their offense outside of David Johnson, outside of Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, the saints, the saints signed Shane Vereen. Uh, doesn't really matter anyway. I mean, Alvin Kamara is still going to get a lion's share of the work until Mark Ingram comes back. Allen Robinson with that knee injury that he was recovering from. He is a full go for training camp. Joe Mixon has slimmed down to 218 pounds. He played last year at 230, so he's down 12. He's down 12 pounds this year. Does that get you guys any more excited for Joe Mixon? Haas, I want to get your opinion on Joe Mixon. Do you like him this year? The fact that he maybe lost some weight is a little bit lighter on his feet. I don't know. Does that make you feel any different about him? Not really. I mean, I'm not too high on Mixon. I mean, if you get into the point in the draft where you need a running back, and he's not going to be there forever. So, I mean, we're talking about a little bit kind of earlier in the draft. But if you need a, need a guy, I mean, the opportunity is going to be there with Jeremy Hill out of town. Um, but I'm just not too high on that Bengals offense. Andy Dalton, still there. Not my kind of quarterback. Um, I'm just – he doesn't really move the needle for me. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I, you know, I kind of like Mixon this year as as a, a decent RB two, but that offense is not probably going to be very good and efficient like we talked about before. So it, it it's kind of one of those guys. You, you know, we're really just not sure kind of how we necessarily feel about him. I guess overall, uh, you know, some very differing, I guess, opinions on Joe Mixon, if you will. Deshaun Watson is expected to be a full full go at training camp, um, so that's good news. Let's get into the Twitter polls, though. That does it for the league news and notes. And the first one, we talked about the Le'Veon Bell Twitter poll. Which of these QBs is most likely to be a bust this season? I posted this last week, and the four options were Patrick Mahomes, Mitch Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, and Jimmy Garoppolo. So, Pat, I'll ask you first, and then... Hoss, how about you chime in on this as well? Which of these quarterbacks do you think has, I guess, the best chance in your mind to be a bust this season? That's Mahomes, Trubisky, Watson, and Garoppolo. If I had to pick one I was to be most likely a bust, I would definitely 
go. I mean, it depends on how you're framing the question. I think the most likely to to fail and be a bad quarterback would probably be Mahomes because we haven't seen it from him yet. Not that I dislike Mahomes' talent, but we haven't really seen him play a ton. So I feel like he can be the one guy who actually is a terrible quarterback. If you're going to ask who's not going to live up their ADP, it's going to be easily Watson for me because he's being drafted so high. Even Garoppolo is going really high, too, for a bit. I think they're both getting overdrafted, but especially Watson. I, I like Trubisky's talent. I think he is pretty safe. I don't. He might not give you what uh, – he might not be a startable option every year, but I don't think he's going to be – a bust in the NFL per se. You really? I don't. I disagree. I think. I think Mahomes is a much safer floor than Trubisky. Oh, no, no. no we I, haven't. We haven't. We've seen Trubisky play and it, it on a good level. He, he hasn't, was terrible. You know, no, he was bad he last year. Bad. He was not that bad last year. I think he was pretty bad. I think he was pretty bad. And I think Mahomes is in a much better offense that's been doing it for quite a few years. And he hasn't played yet, and he had a lot of problems in college. Well. He did. He was a little bit of a turnover machine. I would. My pick would be Trubisky. Haas. Who would your guy out of those four be if you had to pick somebody who you think would be, you know, be a bust? I voted on your on your. You did? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I put nice. my input in there, and it was uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Um, I just uh, I don't see it. I saw him play last year, and I know it was a terrible offense. It wasn't the right scheme for him. But the other guys listed there. And I know I'm right with you, Pat. I think Deshaun Watson's getting overranked, overdrafted. He's the one guy that really scares me in fantasy. But Trubisky isn't a guy I'm going after whatsoever. I love Mahomes, love his ability, love that offense. And Jimmy G, he's dating a porn star. That might be his only downfall, but <laughs> that's it. I didn't even uh, know that. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. He took a porn star on a date. It's, was at- it's Facebook official. So Haas no, asked me up. before the <laughs> – that's <laughs> Facebook official. Paz asked me before the podcast if it was acceptable to say porn star on the podcast, and I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> well, now you know. Now I know. <laughs> okay, so it was Jimmy G related. That makes that's sense. Surpri- that surprised me that there was so many people thought that Mahomes um, or uh, that uh, Trubisky would be a bust. Like I said, I think he's a safe option. I don't think I wouldn't be drafting him in a redraft. I think he's more of a wait and see kind of guy in a dynasty. I like his, his uh, ability is kind of like a late guy that might have some upside, but you know, I would take him last out of all these guys for sure. I think he has the least amount of upside, but I think he has the safest floor. Okay. Floor. Are you floor. sure about that? Yeah, no, I, you know, Watson, I think, has a better floor. I think Watson has a better floor just because he's, you know, that <laughs> that's dynamic. A really, but. It's a shaky floor. but It is a shaky floor. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the, the results came back at Mahomes 36%, Trubisky 45%. Watson didn't get any votes, which doesn't surprise me a whole lot. But, Pat, like you said, I mean, based on the ADP, I don't see Watson returning that this year personally. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was 19%, so he came in third. Okay, the second Twitter poll question, well, actually, it's the third one. Which of the following rookie quarterbacks will be the first, do you think will be the first to start a game this season? Haas, I'll start with you, and then Pat. The options were Josh Rosen, Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, your boy, and Josh Allen. Well, I'm hoping Baker Mayfield doesn't touch the field. That means the Browns are doing something right with Tyrod Taylor. But I would go Sam Darnold. I think he's just going to come out the gates and start. Uh, they got McCown there, but he he knows his job. He's a mentor. Um, it's going to be the Sam Darnold show. I would say he's the first one to start. Okay. 
I think it's going to be Josh Rosen because I think that Sam Bradford has shown that he's bound to break a fingernail, get hurt, <laughs> miss some games, right? I mean, when is he ever healthy for more than a handful of games? Pat, who's your guy out of this list? I think I would agree with you there. I think that, uh, you know. Rosen? That, uh, yeah, Ro- I think Rosen could be a starter. I think Josh Allen has a, like, a very good likelihood, too. I honestly would think Sam Donald will be the, the least likely to start early. You know, Baker Mayfield, I think they're almost very similar. I think I would put Rosen the highest. Baker could start if Tyrod ends up being a bust. But I feel like that won't be – we won't see Baker until maybe – week four at the earliest I would well, think he, to week six but yeah here's the other thing to consider with the Jets is they they signed Teddy Bridgewater right so from what I've heard so far and from the summer practices and spring practices Bridgewater is, is definitely second string quarterback as of right now so mm-hmm. I think Darnold would have probably the hardest path out of all these guys to to get to you know to be a starter right Mm-hmm. It really surprised me how little interest Bridgewater got. I thought he would have been a perfect fit for the Giants. Go sit behind Eli for a year or two and then move into that role. But, you know, That's I really like his ability still. Yeah, I've heard good things. I heard he looks really, really good so far. So, um, Is there a yeah. chance Bridgewater could get moved? That's a good point. That's a really good point. And I've thought about that too. Um, as I was saying, he's the second-string quarterback. That, ran, that thought ran through my head. I don't know what the— you know, who the suitors would be for him, him right now, but in that situation where if somebody, yep. if it's a, an injury happened in minicamp, you know, them two guys would be the guys teams would be looking yeah. for. Yeah. yeah. If somebody didn't want to pay up for Foles, they could go for Bridgewater possibly. Right. Because Foles is going to demand a first round pick at least. Yeah. yeah. Mean, that's what the Eagles are going to want for him. Right. Yeah. And, and Bridgewater certainly still has some, something to show because we haven't seen him play in really, a couple of years now. And honestly, I wasn't that impressed with him though. He was young when he was the starter for the Vikings. So still got an uphill battle. All right, guys, we ready to talk about our mock draft. Let's do it. Sweet. Yeah, let's get into it. All right. Awesome. Um, so I have it. Pull, let me pull it up here. Okay. I have the big board in front of me. So again, we had Jake. I'm going to do another podcast just so everybody knows with the other couple guys who picked in this, you know, who drafted with us, Jake being one of them, um, and then Joe, who, well, Joe auto-drafted the whole thing, so I don't know. I'll have to talk to him, see what he see what he wants to do. If he wants to come on, great, uh, but definitely going to have Jake on a call, too, to get his, you know, input on his picks. I really liked his uh, his draft or, you know, the, the guys that he took. I don't want to give too much of it away right now though so like I mentioned I had the eighth overall pick Haas had the 10th overall pick and Pat had the 12th overall pick but first Haas do you want to explain your profile picture for our listeners I'd love to (laughs) it's a picture of Kesha go for it it's a picture of Kesha and on the bottom it says it's going down with her pointing to the ground so just setting the tone early for this league this mock that nobody's going to actually have these players but I'm letting everybody know it's going down Okay. All right, cool. I'm I'm glad you cleared that up. I was Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Okay. Uh so the way that this thing kind of unfolded. Um I I don't know, Pat, what do you think here? Should we 
do we want to kind of go th- from the start of the do you want me to run through the the first round here and then how do you how would you guys like me to do it do we want to just focus our attention just on that that those four or five picks surrounding like our area where we were drafting or do you want me to go through kind of all of these and just mention them it doesn't matter to me i just want to want you guys opinion it really doesn't matter to me okay i think we lost pat i can't hear him Oh shoot, my bad. I was new. Oh, that's okay. That's um, all right. So no maybe I would think maybe for the first two or three rounds, maybe go and let the listeners know who got taken in order. But then after that, we can just talk about our picks. Yep. Okay, that works. So the way this thing went, the first overall pick was Todd Gurley, then Antonio Brown. Again, this is a full point PPR league. So um, again, receivers a little bit more value. McCaffrey, McKinnon, gonna have a little bit more value from from guys like that, and they'll be pushed up the boards a little bit. Le'Veon Bell went third overall, then David Johnson, uh, and then Melvin Gordon was fifth. That pick really surprised me. Melvin Gordon going that high. Were you guys surprised yeah. by that? Yeah, that was, that was pretty surprised. crazy, but it was a computer, so. it was, yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Haas, I mean, you sound like you were probably surprised by that too, though, right? I was 100% surprised, and I was actually I mean, ecstatic because somebody was going to fall to me that I really wanted. Yeah, and that's the thing. When you're drafting and you and you're in the back of the draft and you see something like that happen, you're you're pumping your fist in the air, just thinking like, "Oh, awesome!" You know what I mean? Because you know somebody, even if you don't have maybe a particular person in mind that you want to draft, you know somebody's going to fall at that point. Which is the one one of the perks of you know particularly being at the back back half of the yeah. draft. Um, and, and then of course you know you can you can kind of parlay your first round pick with a high second round pick who is likely going to be another very, very good player. Um, but yeah, Zeke, Zeke went sixth overall and then Kamara seventh. And then I went, so I went DeAndre Hopkins eighth and, and Barkley went ninth. So again, my thinking here is, look, it's a full point PPR league. I'm getting the second, my second ranked receiver, um, you know, at the eighth pick where I think typically you might see DeAndre Hopkins, I would think, probably around sixth overall. Um, so I was ecstatic to get him at eight. I, I couldn't have been happier with that pick. It was a no-brainer for me. I was not going to go Barkley. I was not going to go guys like Kareem Hunt. If you want to take OBJ over Hopkins, I think that's a preference call at the end of the day. But for me, Hopkins was my guy at that pick. Like I mentioned, Barkley went right after him at the nine spot. And then Haas, you took Kareem Hunt with your 10th pick. Tell our listeners why you went with him and why you took him over maybe some of the guys that went behind him, particularly Odell Beckham. Well, in this situation, I was really hoping you took DeAndre. DeAndre was my guy. I mean, I didn't expect him to be there, but with the Melvin Gordon going fifth, I thought I had a chance. Uh, And I would have taken Saquon if he was there too. Um, But looking forward, I thought it'd be a good chance for me to get like a guy like Michael Thomas in the second with Odell and Julio on the board. But uh, I love Kareem Hunt. Um, I love that offense. He's going to be the lead back. I couldn't complain one bit about it. I'm with you on this. I am high on Kareem Hunt as well. People haven't been nearly as high on him as I have been. So I was excited to see that you were, you were, you know, you liked him, I think, just as much as I do, which is, and I agree. I think, look, I think Kareem Hunt is a guy that's going to have 300 touches this year easily 250 carries 50 catches like I have him right in that ballpark and there's not many guys in the league that that do that so 
Um, but look, Odell Beckham went right after him, which, again, this is a guy who could have went much, much earlier. I like the Kareem Hunt pick. Odell Beckham is is just an absolute steal, two at 11. And then, Pat, tell us about your the last pick of the first round. This is 1.12, and then your first pick of the second round. First, real quick, I wanted to uh, comment on Haas's pick. I really liked his his. Uh, I liked that Hunt pick, especially with who was on the board. If you look, you have Beckham, Julio, Adams, Thomas, Keenan Allen still there, and to me, Kareem Hunt and Dalvin Cook are kind of like a tear break. So I would definitely want to grab whoever you are higher on there, and, and then just to take what receiver falls to you coming back. Which I feel like that's a better combination. I was really pumped for these guys to fall to me. I Pat, wish I could have got. Uh, Pat, one, one second. I just I actually just want to ha- ask Haas one more question. Maybe you answered this already. If Kareem Hunt would have went nine and then it came down to Barkley or, I guess, Odell Beckham, who would you have taken then at nine? Or at ten, yeah, sorry. It's the same thing uh, Pat just mentioned on. Like, looking at the board, I would have gone Saquon. Okay, just, okay. The, the bell count, then one of those wide receivers is going to fall to me for sure. Okay. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. I get that. And you're you're looking at Adams or Michael Thomas or one of those guys, Keenan Allen mm-hmm. in the second round. So that makes that makes sense. Okay, Pat, sorry for interrupting. Go ahead. Yeah, I was I was I kinda wish I could have got Beckham there just because I love his talent, but a guy that is really getting disrespect this year pushed down, Julio Jones. I took with my first pick. I feel like he's got a lot of talent. He's still one of the most skilled and freakish athletes in the NFL and he can really as long as he can avoid those feet injuries, he's gonna be a stud every week. And he gives you those he gives you those fifty point weeks where he just will win you your your games. So I really like his ability. And then I took Dalvin Cook, who another guy I'm really high on and like his ability. It gives me a really good solid uh one two punch there and a really well balanced team. And this is actually this this twelfth pick is one of my favorite spots to be in in the, in the draft because it gives you two really 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 good studs. To yeah, start I think team. right. I think the Julio pick Pat is was a very easy one for you, right? Easy. I think he's he. I mean, he's kind of a tier on his own. I feel like Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, and Odell Beckham are a little bit better options, but Julio's right there with them. Yeah, you know, maybe like a, he, the Antonio Brown, Hopkins, and Beckham are like one A, and then Julio's one B. Okay. The other, your second pick, though, Dalvin Cook. Did you struggle with that one at all, or was that an easy decision? No, for you that was take? a very easy decision for me. I would prefer Cook over Hunt, honestly. But to me, that just you know, if it comes down to preference, Cook is the last of the stud stud backs to me that mm-hmm. were there, um, and I was really pumped to get him where I got him. Okay, so then it went Devontae Adams with the second pick of the second round, and then Haas came back to you, and you took Michael Thomas. Um, how, I mean, was that, again, was that an easy pick for you? Did you Were you looking at Michael Thomas in the second round? Did you think he would be there? I really did. I kind of targeted him when I took Hunt in the first, but I just, I'll touch base on, on Pat's picks. But, yeah, I love picking 12 because you kind of let the draft come to you, and then you do. You get those two studs there at 12 and 13, and then you kind of, again, you let it play out. That long wait is after you make your second pick, and it runs all the way back to the beginning in the second round, then you wait all the way to the end of the third. But I love picking at 12. Um, but, yeah, no, getting back to a 20. Um, yeah, Michael Thomas was a guy I was targeting. I didn't expect Odell or Julio to be there. Uh Devontae Adams is another guy I love with uh, with Jordy out of town there with Aaron Rodgers. But um, it was between him and Keenan Allen. I love Keenan Allen 
dude catches a ton of balls, but uh, Michael Thomas is just Mr. Consistent. And plus, doesn't hurt he's from Ohio State, you know. Just don't oh, yeah. There. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, we'll forgive you for that comment. No, no, I, he is. I mean, look, he's, I, I mentioned it in the last podcast. He's, he's caught over 90 passes in his first two years. He's still with Drew Brees. Um, you know, even in a dynasty format, Michael Thomas is still going to be a good option, probably no matter who they bring in at quarterback after Brees. And I mean, I just cannot see him, you know, I just see him as an automatic, almost 90 catch guy, even after just two years, but he's their number one option. And it's still, even though they ran the ball a lot more last year, it's still a Drew Brees offense, and, and they still pass the ball very efficiently. Uh, right. Devontae Freeman went went with the next pick. I thought this was early for Devontae Freeman because I ended up taking Keenan Allen with the fifth overall pick in the second round, and then Leonard Fournette went after him. And then there were still guys like Mike Evans and A.J. Green on the board. So this is early for Devontae Freeman, right? I, I think this is, a, is quite a bit of a, a reach, wouldn't you guys say? I'd say a little bit. Yeah, the computer reached on him a little bit there. But, you know, we already saw that's pretty easy for them to do with Melvin Gordon. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. if, if they apparently like him a lot, he's this guy that's going to give you pretty solid production. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I took Keenan Allen. Um, like I said, there was still Mike Evans, still A.J. Green on the board. But, look, I just feel like, Keenan Allen is such a safe pick in a PPR, in a full point PPR. He's going to have 100 catches if he's healthy. Absolutely. Like, auto- automatically, he's going to have 100 catches probably. And the targets are going to be there. He's going to have 140, 150, 160 targets for sure. And no Hunter Henry in that offense this year. Melvin Gordon, they're still going to hand the ball off a ton. But but Phillip Rivers absolutely loves Keenan Allen over the middle of the field. And I don't see that changing my thing here was, look, Mike Evans has been extremely inconsistent. He had the good years in 2014 and 2016. 2015 and 2017 were bad years. It's just, it's kind of been in every other year for Mike Evans. Now that Jameis Winston has suspended three games, I'm a little bit nervous about the offense. A.J. Green, same thing. He's he's consistent when he's healthy. Two years ago, he played 10 games. Look, I know Keenan Allen has missed his missed time too, but we've talked about ACL injuries, and I, I think those are still one-off injuries. Pat, you'd probably agree with me there. He's 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 been back healthy from that. Played all last season, very at a very high level. So uh, that's why I kind of took Allen over guys like AJ Green and Mike Evans. The inconsistency of the offenses, I just have a little bit of. Uh, you know, I struggle with the, those situations a little bit more, and I think the Chargers are on the rise. Leonard Fournette went with the next pick. Can I ask real quick, Rick? Yeah, uh, go ahead. How, go ahead. Sorry. How much of a, did you consider a guy like Leonard Fournette or Christian McCaffrey in that position? So the next running backs on your board. I, I thought about it. I, I thought about it because I took Hopkins with my first pick, and I knew okay, I'm going to go receiver, receiver, and then I'm not. I knew I wasn't going to feel great about the third round running backs more than likely, and we'll get to that particularly where a couple of the guys that I would have liked as my third pick where they went. Um, I don't like Leonard. For- I just don't like Leonard Fournette nearly as much in a PPR league. And if you're in a standard league, I would have probably, I would have taken Leonard Fournette in that spot without, que- without question. Um, you know, McKinnon went with the next pick. I-, I don't like McKinnon nearly that high. I'm probably not going to have any shares of McKinnon because I don't like where he's going. McCaffrey is a guy who, um, you know, I, I, I do like him, Pat, in a PPR league. I do. I just I just feel like Allen is 
as long as he's healthy, he's so damn safe. Yeah. I, I uh, just wanted I just wanted to, to see where your your thoughts on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh you know, no, if you want to take McCaffrey at the what is it, seventeenth overall, I mean I think that's a that's a fine landing spot for him, no question. All right, let's keep this thing moving. So I mentioned it went Fournette, McKinnon, Evans, AJ Green, then McCaffrey, and then Gronkowski with the eleventh pick in the second round, and then to close out the second round, Josh Gordon. We make the turn to three point one. It goes Joe Mixon, T.Y. Hilton, and then Doug Baldwin, Jordan Howard, Travis Kelsey, Adam Thielen. I know I'm running through this pretty quickly. McCoy, and then and then I took the first quarterback off the board here. I took Aaron Rodgers with the third pick in the eighth or the eighth pick in the third round. And I just I looked at the board here and I thought, you know what? I'm not crazy about. I would have loved to have Jordan Howard or, or maybe even Joe Mixon at that spot in the third round. They didn't fall to me. I di- I wasn't crazy about look the next tier of running backs was Geis. Ajayi, Drake, Collins, Henry. I was not drafting any of these guys in the third round. I would not advise taking any of these guys in the third round. And then, look, I, I already had two wide receivers, and, and Aaron Rodgers, I, I just did not want to let him pass and, and the opportunity or the possibility of him not coming back to me in the fourth round. I just thought this was an easy pick, um, taking Rodgers you know, at this spot. I thought that was great value, too. Um, Aaron Rodgers... I think we can all agree he's the top quarterback. I thought it was great value at uh, third round. Yeah, I thought I was third g- round there. Right, I thought I was going to have a dilemma between t- you know getting a running back here, but it, like I said, the, it it broke that tier for me. It turned into that next tier of running backs, and I was not comfortable taking them at that spot. Tyreek Hill went with the next pick, and then Haas on to you, buddy. Stefan Diggs, third round, tenth pick. I really like this pick. Talk about this pick a little bit and, and why you decided to take him here. Well, first of all, I would have taken Aaron Rodgers or Tyreek Hill if they were on the board over Diggs. That's not a, a slight on Diggs. I love Diggs. Um, he did a great job last year. Him and Thielen, they kind of it, – it's unbelievable. It's like they're two number ones over there. Uh, um, and that was with, obviously, Case Keenum. So they got a new quarterback in town. But I, I don't see uh, his production falling. Uh, Kirk Cousins – what this is probably the most talent he's had. Uh, he's been playing with Jamison Crowder, uh, Pierre Garcon, with Deshaun Jackson. I mean, you get Thielen and Diggs. I love that offense, and uh, yeah, I'll be buying in every time. D- did you say you'd rather have Thielen over Diggs? No, or? no. Uh, Tyreek Hill and Rodgers. I would have taken them over Diggs. Okay. So do you like, out of the two Vikings receivers, you like Diggs more than Thielen? It's a toss-up. It's really close. Um, I wouldn't have a problem. I think they both went pretty close. They they were one, two, what, five picks away from each other. I think that's right where they Mm -hmm. should be going, pretty close to each other. I think they're they're legitimately both number ones. They can both be productive on the same game. And then uh, I like their floors. If one has a a great game, I don't see the floor of the other guy being terrible. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm on the Diggs train this year, man. He is my guy in that offense. I like him a little bit more than Thielen. I actually, I do think Thielen's going to get targeted a little bit more. But right. I, I still, I think Diggs uh, actually has the better season this year. Um, but they're, they're going to be close. Like, if you look at the end of the year rankings, you might be talking about two guys that are like, you know, one's wide receiver eight and the other's wide receiver 11. Like it, it could be literally that close. 
Um, okay, Pat, let's move on to your pick here. Went Darius Geis in between you guys, and then you went at the turn here. You went Fitzy and then Zach Ertz. So look behind you, it went Cooper, Rashad Penny, Demarius Thomas, Golden Tate. So there were some good other PPR receivers in here. Why did you take Fitzgerald over some of those guys? You know, I really like Fitzy's ability this year. He's always been a stable option. The transition that offense does scare me get a bit. I was pretty sad to see Diggs go off the board because, like you, I'm very high on him. I like him better than Thielen and, Ty- and Tyreek Hill. I would have taken Diggs if he was there. Kind of sad to see Haas take him. I liked that pick a lot. Um, but Fitzy's been a guy who's been, you know, the solid stud for the past couple of years. He just comes in, catches 130 passes, and, you know, calls it a day. Um, he's just, you know, he is pretty safe the past couple of years. He, you know, again, that transition does scare me. He's getting old. He's a guy that could ease, could be a bust this year. I hate to say that about a future Hall of Famer, but, you know, the, all with all the um, transition that offense, he does scare me a little bit. But I felt like with where what I had in earlier in, in the uh, the draft, if I get a guy like Fitzy who could be that stable option, that would really give me a good floor if he could, you know, do that again this year. And then, like you said earlier, I looked at the board and I'm just like, you know what? I'm not really high on a lot of these guys. I don't really feel like taking another wide receiver here because I like the talent coming back. The running backs didn't um, didn't uh, really – I didn't like any of the running backs currently on the board. I was hoping I could get a guy like Jay Ajayi coming back to me just because I'm so high on him and a lot of people are a lot lower. So I kind of looked at the board and said, you know what? Kind of like you did, I'm not – feeling great about what's on the board. So I'm just going to take one of the studs at the position. I took Zach Ertz. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a f- pretty safe landing spot for Ertz. Maybe slightly earlier than what, what is his ADP at? Do we know? Um, I'll, look, I'll look it up here. I can but, yeah, take a look at me, that for I, me. To me, I feel like he's going a little bit later in the fourth round. To me, I mean, I saw Rob Gronkowski's already off the board. Travis Kelce's already off the board. I took the last of those, you know, sure right. and, fire things. And where you're picking, right, and where you're picking at, it's not going to, it's going to come step, back to you um, very late. You know, your your next pick is at the very end of the fifth round. So I do get it. You want to make sure you secure one of those top tight ends. And and, and I don't I don't need to secure a top tight end. If I didn't get, you know, I didn't get Ertz, he, he would have been, I would have just waited till way late in the draft. And I just looked it up and currently, Zach Ertz is going at 401, so exactly where I took him. So I got the exact price on him compared to ADP. So I felt really okay. good about it, you know, right there. I think he's a guy that's going to give you really solid stability at the tight end position and, you know, win you some weeks at times. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that surprised me. I actually thought his ADP was maybe a little bit lower, but um, no, I'm, you know, I'm on the Ertz train as well. I, I love and the guy. Uh, I think he's. I think in a standard league, you're, you, you know, he's he, both, I mean, both formats really, he's very safe to get you, uh, you know, points every week. And if he can maintain, if he can score touchdowns like he did last year, um, you know, be in that eight, nine range where he struggled earlier in his career, mm-hmm. you know, again, you're looking at a top five tight end, uh, no question. So, uh, so yeah, it went Amari Cooper after you and then Penny. And then this was kind of that run of, you know, these this kind of this kind of level, this tier of wide receivers, where we had a Cooper and then Thomas, and then and then I took Golden Tate. So, look, you this skip right the, over my pick. 
This was oh shit, my bad, Hoss. Oh, like, listen to me swearing, <laughs> swearing after I said. Actually, I'd have no problem. Sorry, I I don't know what. Thing. No, it's fine, Rashad Penny. I I told I I apologize. Go ahead. No, all good. Um, this pick really, I think I went down to the wire on this pick, and this was, and it really it makes sense looking back at it. Even in the moment, this was the toughest pick I had. And when I, I mean, when you think of a fantasy draft, you know, your first three picks, first three rounds are really your bread and butter. That's what's going to lead you the whole year. And this fourth round pick, you know, I, I had a tough decision to make. You know, do I take a shot on Penny? Um, Collins was in my head from Baltimore. Derrick Henry, I love Derrick Henry, but they just signed, they got Deion Lewis. I, I was in a tizzy there. Um, first of all, what led me to this decision was Pat taking Zach Ertz. I would have taken Zach Ertz in a heartbeat and been completely happy with it. But with him off the board, this really this pick here, I think, in my mind, dictated my whole my outlook of this season in this mock draft. I'm not super high on Rashad Penny, um, but it's kind of you're at that point where you have to make that decision. Do you take your number two running back here or do you wait and get that PPR guy like a Deion Lewis, like a Duke Johnson, like Ty Montgomery later? But I made the decision, took Penny um, and really, I hung my hat on that he's a first-round pick. You know, they put a heavy investment in him, and uh, that's what I'm going to have to hang my hat on with this one. That's a good point, and I've kind of come down on Rashad Penny a little bit because I'm worried that they're going to work in other guys like Carson and McKissick, and you yep. know, just I, I just worry, yeah, I worry that he's not going to get the work that people expected. But your point of, Hey, he's a first round pick. They invested a lot in a, a first round running back, especially, you know, he's going to come in the first year as long as he's not a complete, you know, colossal disaster that they're going to give him every chance to win that job and, and take a heavy workload. Right. Right. Yep. Okay. Uh, sorry, sorry about that. Haas. I apologize. I, no. I was, I was in, in the zone, man. I was just rolling right <laughs> along. I, I guess I got it that excited about golden Tate. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, this was a pick that I, I struggled with big time because Derrick Henry went one pick after him and I, I almost took Derrick Henry, but I kind of did this on purpose because I wanted to see what the no running back strategy, how that worked out for me and what would be coming back to me in the next round. So I'm going to recap here quickly, guys. I went DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and Golden Tate with my first four picks. So three receivers and the quarterback. I don't have a running back on my team yet. So I'm going to have to, look, if you're going to go with this option, you have an extremely solid flex option. More than likely, you're going to be able to get one of these guys like Juju or Allen Robinson or Golden Tate or Demarius Thomas at this pick and plug them in as, you know, in your... Uh, you know, in your flex play. Um, the problem is the next tier of running backs, it gets, it definitely gets ugly. So just be prepared for that. If you want to go, if you want to have three stud wide receivers and you want to have a, a surefire 10 plus, you know, fantasy points a week, talking PPR here for, you know, your out of your flex option, just be prepared for, you're going to be struggling at running back more than likely. Um, and you're going to have to load up. You, you're you're going to have to at least take probably five running backs, you know, just to be safe because you're going to be you're going to have a lot of moving pieces at the running back position. All right, I don't want to keep going through all of this because it will take us, you know, again just forever. Um, so let's recap you guys' first four picks again. At, you know, just to kind of recap the first four rounds, Haas. Go through your first four picks. Just tell our listeners who you who you took again. 
They got Kareem Hunt in the first, took Michael Thomas in the second, uh, Diggs in the third, and Penny in the fourth. So I got uh, two running backs, two wide receiver set. Nice and balanced. But um, like I said, the Penny pick, uh, it's going to dictate everything in mm-hmm. my mind. Yeah, that uh, that fourth round in general, I think is, you know, no matter what format you're playing in, it gets a little bit messy in the fourth round especially. And that could really make or break your, your season. We don't like to put everything on draft because we know that the waiver wire plays such a huge role in your success in your league. But but yeah, that fourth round, it does get a little bit ugly. Pat, go ahead with your first four picks. All right, so I took Julio Jones and Dalvin Cook back to back. And then I took Fitzy and Ertz back to back. So I've got one running back, two wide receivers, and a tight end locked up. Cool. Okay, how about we do this? Um, why don't we just go through? I want to ask you guys who is, look quickly here. I'm kind of putting you both on the spot. Tell me about your best value pick, or what do you think your best value pick was rounds five through 12? Take a minute here. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to look as well at maybe some of my guys and I'll, I'll run through, I'm going to give our listeners while you guys take a look at that. I'm just going to tell our listeners, um, kind of more about that. No running back strategy. So this is kind of how it went for me. I I took golden Tate, like I mentioned, Keenan Allen, Deandre Hopkins, three of my first four picks, right? So then it comes back to me, the eighth pick of the fifth round. And I ended up taking Mark Ingram here over, Royce Freeman, Sony Michelle, Ronald Jones had already gone. But then I loaded up on running backs, right? This is what I was saying. You're going to have to load up on running backs if you use this strategy. I took Mark Ingram. I ended up, the next three picks were running backs. Deion Lewis, Duke Johnson. Then I took Trey Burton in the eighth round, which I loved. And then Ty Montgomery and Gio Bernard. So I have a bunch of pass catching running backs, but I'm really comfortable about you, about you know, moving these guys in and out of my lineup in my two running back spots, um, you know, when I have good matchups and I can base some of these plays off of matchups. It gives me a little bit of flexibility. Uh, You know, I have a ton of running back threes, but I can base, you know, based on matchups, I can get running back two value out of some of these guys. So look, I I just can't harp on it enough. I've said this a few times now, but if you're going to go with that strategy, just be prepared. You have to load up on running backs. In those, especially those next few rounds, it gets mur- even, you know, it's just going to keep getting worse and it's going to get even murkier down in rounds 11, round 12, round 13. Okay, uh, guys, have we, have we, have we, that, that marketing yeah, go ahead. was really interesting to me. I feel like you already have no running backs and then you take a guy that's suspended for four weeks off the bat. I mean, I like Mark Ingram's talent and his ability once he comes back, but I feel like he's more of a pick that, you could take as your second guy or third guy if you already have somebody established there. So taking him as your your top running back was kind was very risky, and I don't think I would have, would have had rather had a guy like maybe Freeman or. Well, or, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. After him, it went Royce Freeman, who we don't know if he's actually going to be the starting running back for the yeah. for the Broncos, and then it went, and then it went. Let's see here. Come back to the other. You know, I think that's worked out it, pretty well for you. I think I would have taken Deion Lewis instead of Mark Ingram there, but he ended up coming back to you. So, right. I thought it was yeah. risky your choice there, but yeah, it played. It worked out for you. It worked out. It worked out. I, I just didn't love. I don't like Lamar Miller. I, I I'm not that high on Tariq Cohen. I'm one of the people that's you know a lot of people are. I'm not. And Marlon Mack still I think is an injury. I, I don't know. I'm still worried about that shoulder a little bit, but I'm also worried about the Colts running game as a whole. 
So, all right. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, Mark Ingram there with no running backs, it's certainly, it sounds risky. It probably is risky, but I just, I thought that value where I got him, the fact that, yes, he's going to be out four games. Well, once he comes back, I still think he's going to be really, really good. He finished as a top, what, six running back last year. Uh, I think in, you know, at least in PPR. So, yeah. Can uh, I touch base on that? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, when, I mean, it's pretty stressful when you go four rounds without taking a, a running back uh, and then you take your, your first running back who's suspended. Uh, it, yes. It's pretty stressful. But the worst thing you want to do is chase uh, a position, you know, especially like running back. But I thought you did a phenomenal job of getting Deion Lewis and Duke Johnson. And the one that kills me is Ty Montgomery because I, I ended up taking Jamal Williams. Uh, but it really anyways. But back to you. I mean, getting that especially in a PPR league, you know, getting guys that catch the ball. I mean, you, you kind of balance it out. So I thought you did a great job. Yeah, no, nah, it, it definitely worked out for me with those running backs that went after that I was able to get after Ingram. Okay, right. Haas, let's let's start with you. Did, did you have a chance to look through yeah, rounds f- yeah. 5 through 12? What was maybe one of the picks that you really thought you got great value on? Uh, I thought the Tom Brady pick for me um, – he was a third quarterback taken off the board. You took Rodgers in the third, and Watson went maybe in the fourth. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, my ranking, you know, I, I, I put Rodgers one, Brady two. So for me to get the my second-rated quarterback in the sixth round, and it doesn't hurt that he's the GOAT. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, and they should be – it's the same thing year after year. We ex- We just expect him to put up numbers, right? Right, right. Uh, I had him and Carson Wentz. That's who I was picking between right there. Uh, Wentz coming off the injury. um, He's a little bit more. That's more more of a balanced offense. Um, And Brady just year in and year out. It's just numbers. Doesn't matter who the wide receivers are. I know Edelman's suspended, but it really doesn't matter who his wide receivers are. I mean, you give him a top guy like Randy Moss, he breaks a record for touchdowns. You know, just put anybody out there. He'll find you. Mm hmm. Okay, Pat, I'm going to go with you, but first, Haas, why don't you, while I'm getting Pat's uh, you know, best late-round value pick here, I want you to go ahead and take a look through your other picks. I want, I want to know if there's any other ones that um, you, know, you really struggled with or you're, you maybe don't feel as optimistic about the guy or you really struggled between you know, picking one guy and picking another guy, um, and we'll, okay. we'll, get, we'll cover that as well. Pat, do you have a, a guy that you, know, you just really loved as a value pick in these later rounds? You know, I didn't. I didn't feel like I got like a lot of great value on a lot of these guys. I was looking through ADPs, and they're kind of going right around where I took them. Um, I liked the next two picks I took again: Marvin Jones and Lamar Miller. I feel like Marvin Jones is again been disres- being disrespected, and he could really have a good season. I so I like him as having him as my flex there. And Lamar Miller, I needed somebody that hey, he's my RB two. I don't love that having him as my RB two, but he has that ability to be. You know, he's been. He's never been great in Houston, besides actually last year when Deshaun Watson was playing really well. But he's been a guy who's been, you know, he gets you your nine, ten points, and, you know, he'll be solid there. And with Dante Foreman maybe not being able to be what he's – is he going on the pup, or is he saying he might not be able to be going week one, I think? Yeah, I mean, the Achilles injury, you know, we know how bad those can be, especially for a running back. Right, exactly. Um so, so yeah, that, I don't, I don't, we don't know yet, but it, it's certainly possible that he isn't up to full speed yeah. by the beginning of the season. And to me, I mean, I already liked Lamar Miller more than the average bear, but um, Lamar Miller to me, it just solidifies his, uh, his, 
his role in that backfield, which could be a very good one. So getting him there, I feel like was kind of what I needed to do. And I didn't mind having him as my second running back, even though it's not ideal. But those are the two guys I feel like were pretty solid picks for me there and kind of solidified the, my uh, dominance in this league or in the small. <laughs> dominance. Okay. And, uh, oh, wow. Really and, throwing and, it out there, Pat. Yeah. And confident. I, you want me to? I can just answer your other, pit, your other question uh, to Haas here. The one pick that I was really mad about was my quarterback selection. A bunch of guys ended up – I went with Jared Goff and the, is my second last pick. Um, yep, 11th round, 12th yep. overall. Yep, my second last pick. A bunch of guys started taking their second quarterback before I took Goff, Marcus Mariota, Ben Roethlisberger, Patrick Mahomes – um and philip rivers came off the board as people's second quarterback so i kind of got screwed there a little bit um i waited a little bit too long to take him or quarterback there so that kind of gotta stick that in the back of your mind don't wait too long if you want to get these guys in a in a league because guys are going to start taking their second quarterbacks yeah was ben the guy that you were most hopeful on yeah i really would i really wanted to get ben there um I would have taken Stafford around early, two rounds earlier, but he went right before I had a chance to take him. I like his abilities here, and he's getting another guy that's getting underdraft or undervalued. But uh, you know, I don't hate Goff. I, he's a guy I don't think I'll have many shares of just because I like a lot of other guys better. But he was a um, okay consolation prize to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, Haas, what about you? Do you have a a guy that you were kind of torn on, maybe? Yeah, I messed up in the seventh round, and uh, it's at you took Duke Johnson there coming to the back end towards Pat at twelve, and uh, I ended up taking Jamal Williams. And I mean, at this point, if you take Jamal Williams, I think you just have to get Ty Montgomery, and and then on the way back, the loop around back, I didn't do it. I thought I had another round, which I didn't. I mean, looking at the running backs on the board, you got Rex Burkhead, Isaiah Crowell, C.J. Anderson. I should have I should have doubled up. I should have taken Jamal Williams and then Ty Montgomery, but I, I took Garcon instead, which I love Garcon just because of Jimmy G. Uh, I think somebody over there is going to catch a lot of balls. But, yeah, the Jamal Williams, I just – at this point where we're drafting, I think if you draft Jamal Williams, you have to get Ty Montgomery. You just uh, – the Packers, they don't have – they're not a bell cow system. You know, it's always going to be the committee and whoever's got the hot hand. So I think at, at, at this point anyways, you just got to get both of them. Yeah, are you like a little bit worried that, not worried, but I guess that you took Garcon and Goodwin right back to back, two receivers right. from the same team. Um, was that something you wanted to do or to no, get both I, of those guys? Or I mean, just kind of fell? It kind of fell that way um, after you took Montgomery. Uh, going into the draft, I, I wanted to get my hands on one of those wide receivers. I never envisioned getting both of them. Um, but I, I kind of hedged my bet, I guess. Um, I think Goodwin's the good downfield guy, and Garcon's kind of the over the middle to possession receiver. But somebody's going to put up numbers with Jimmy G. I just, I believe it. I believe in Jimmy G. Porn star, no porn star. Girlfriend, no girlfriend. <laughs> somebody's getting numbers over there. But with a porn star, it's it's, hey, it's got to be even better, right? You know, if it boosts his confidence, I don't know what he's going for. But hey, whatever you yeah. got to do on Sunday. That's right, man. That is absolutely right. Whatever you got to do to get the job done. Um, okay. Yeah, cool. I mean, I guess if I had to pick a guy out of this list, you know, that I, I, I guess it would be Mark Ingram 
because of again the, the the points that you guys made. I agree with that. I didn't have a running back at that point. I picked up a guy who's going to be suspended for the first four games of the season. It's definitely a risk. But again, I was very happy with the running backs I got after Mark Ingram. I got Deion Lewis, Duke Johnson, Trey Burton. Oh, sorry, that's tight end. But I Trey Burton was sandwiched in between Ty Montgomery and Gio Bernard. So. Look, I got a bunch of, again, RB3s, pass-catching running backs that I can kind of plug and play and, and you know, mix in and out of my lineup, uh, you know, with my two running back spots. Um, and then my last two picks of the draft, I went Mike Williams and Michael Gallup. Again, these were, these were kind of, yes, I did. I was really mad at you about taking Mike Williams there. I really wanted him. Well, you told me you wanted him, and that's why I took him. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I don't know how I feel about Mike Williams yet because we haven't seen it. And Michael Gallup, again, another guy we haven't seen. They were two late round flyers. Gallup could be the number one receiver in Dallas here, maybe even some point this season. And Mike Williams was a top 10 pick. So we know he should have talent. We, again, just haven't really seen it yet. I want to, I want to get your philosophy on the, uh, the wide receiver handcuff. I see you're doing that there with the Mike Williams, Keenan Allen connection. Yeah, I didn't plan that at all. It just kind of happened that way. And again, where Mike Williams was in the 11th round, I was like, wow, that's I think that's a great pick. And the receivers that went after him, Kenny Galladay, I thought about Josh, Josh Stocks in there because, again, I think he's pretty much the only outside threat in Washington right now. Geronimo Allison, Martavis Bryant, Cameron Meredith, Michael Gallup, Rashard Matthews. Eh, I wasn't that excited about any of those guys. Mike Williams just, I don't know, it just felt like the best best pick and pat you said this if keenan allen were to get hurt again mike williams would probably be a stud right oh he would be he would explode with no with no hunter henry there and no keenan allen he would just be the man among boys yeah yeah for sure all right uh so hoss take us through rounds five through 12 really quick i just want you guys to list your picks uh in about 30 to 45 seconds here and then we're going to wrap up the podcast for today all right, I uh, took uh, Evan Ingram in the fifth here, uh, Tom Brady in the sixth, Jamal Williams in the seventh, Pierre Garçon in the eighth, uh, Goodwin in the ninth, Nick Chubb, hometown boy, Cleveland, in the there tenth, you go. Uh, Kenny Galladay in the eleventh, and Baker Beast Mayfield in the twelfth. There you go, Baker. You got your boy after all. I would never, I would never take Baker, but since this was just a mock draft, uh, I had yeah, to get him why on not? Squad. Yep. Okay, so Haas has two quarterbacks, Tom Brady and Baker Mayfield. His receivers are Michael Thomas, Stephon Diggs, Pierre Garcon, Marquise Goodwin, Kenny Galladay, and then his running backs: Kareem Hunt, Rashad Penny, Jamal Williams, Nick Chubb, and his tight end is Evan Ingram. Pat, go ahead with your rounds 5 through 12, and then I'll recap your team. All right, so in the fifth round, I went with Marvin Jones, and then in the sixth, I took my second running back, Mar Miller, Chuck Cooper Cup, and Chris Thompson in the next turn, and then I took Nelson Aguilar in the ninth, Doug Martin, a guy I'm pretty pumped about in the tenth, uh, Jared Goff in the eleventh, and a guy I actually was kind of just came up with on the spot and really liked his value there Chris Ivory in the 12th a guy you know LaShawn McCroy ends up getting suspended could be a running back one yeah okay cool cool um yeah so Pat his just to recap his team really quick and uh, yeah I, I did want to mention that Chris Ivory pick I mean you're right if if Shady does get suspended you're looking at a starting running back granted it's on a bad offense but regardless he's going to get definitely 10 10 plus carries a game 15 carries maybe 
So, uh, yeah, it's a great, great late-round flyer. Your quarterback, Jared Goff, like you mentioned, your running backs are Dalvin Cook, Lamar Miller, Chris Thompson, Doug Martin, Chris Ivory, your receivers, Julio Jones, Larry Fitzgerald, Marvin Jones, Cooper Cup, Nelson Aguilar, and your tight end, Zach Ertz. All right, guys, I think that does it. Um, anything else you guys wanted to mention before we put a bow on the podcast today? Or did we, did we, I think we covered everything, right? Yeah, With I think we dra- did. Draft at least. Did. All right. I just want to say, right. I really don't care for the two wide receiver, they know running back strategy. But then again, uh, a guy yeah. really, really, really valued running, having a good running backs. So I yeah. would agree with that. I think the no running back strategy is something I probably wouldn't do if I was drafting for real. I think if you're going to do it, you're pro- you, I feel like you have to get a running back in one of those first two rounds almost um, because it just gets pretty. You have a lot, a lot of question marks at the running back position in rounds three and four. All right, guys, Haas, Pat, thank you guys so much for coming on the podcast this morning. I really appreciate it. It's Saturday, July 21st. I will hopefully have this podcast out today, tomorrow, at some point this weekend. That way you guys can listen to it maybe Monday morning on your commute. We're at about an hour and 15 minutes, I think, right now. So again, I'm long. I'm going to try to be better at this. But hey, man, we just love talking fantasy. We just can't shut our mouth when it comes to the stuff and I you know I love it I look at this stuff all the time and I know these guys are dedicated to it so I appreciate you guys' research and your help you know you helping me with this as well so have a good day everybody have a great great weekend we'll talk to everybody next week I'll have a couple podcast one or two podcasts next week but yeah enjoy your weekend have a great great Saturday night be safe out there we'll see you next week everybody bye bye